All right, all right. I am back. We have missed a couple of episodes. I was in uh, Mexico City the previous Friday, and I was in New York last week. But we are back, and we have a lot to cover because certainly the market has had some changes, as you may or may not have known. But we're going to go over that together. So the topics of today are going to be, could higher interest rates inflation and inflation slow the Bay Area housing market? Higher, we got another conflicting article, and this is the beauty of why we have to read these. Higher mortgage rate yet to cool Bay Area home. Uh, we have Twitter that recently got bought by Mr. Elon Musk. What will happen with their San Francisco headquarters and my thoughts there. We'll talk about the Google Village project. I got some intel that nobody knows just yet. So stay tuned for that about Google Village. And then we'll talk about this massive mixed-use development in Dublin. And, of course, we will always go over the market update of the week and my forecast and my prediction of what is likely going to be happening moving forward. Let's take a look at the articles of the week. Could higher interest rates, inflation, slow the Bay Area housing market? Bay Area buyers are adjusting their purchasing strategies. I want people to also be aware of this. What does this definition of slow Bay Area housing market mean? Keep in mind, the baseline is an increase. So do not mix up that slowing a Bay Area housing market means it's a decline in prices. Does that make sense? If the baseline has been a 7 to 8% increase over the last four decades, that is what you can anticipate. Slowing maybe means 5 to 6%. It doesn't have to mean a decline. So that is something just to be mindful of. In my opinion, it will slow. It will slow as in the growth will slow. Now, whether prices decline or not is a different matter altogether. And we, time will tell, especially as the weeks and the months goes on. And especially if, depending on if there's other external factors. But generally, we will likely see this. Now, it doesn't mean that it's going down. It just means the growth rate can slow. So just be mindful of that. And this is happening across the board. I personally enjoy this market right now the most because this weeded out all of you that are looky-loose, right? Like you are now deciding to then rent and pay much higher amounts of rent instead. Like the rental figures in general across the board are 10 to 15% higher than it was last year. I know for a fact because I've, I'm renting out homes for my clients and it is super easy to rent out and we're charging a whole lot more. And so a lot of those that kind of give up mentally for whatever reason and for their own reasons are now out of the market. And so now you have the people that want to move because of the real reason to begin with, not because other people are buying and selling homes because they need to move for maybe more space. They want to have their investments in a safer assets. You've seen what happened with the stock market. You can see what's been going with crypto. Would you want not rather have something more secure in these more cautious times, especially with inflation at this high amount? That's something very, very important for people to decide on. And so that's, um, that is what I see right now is there's still a lot of people actively buying and you'll see from prices, you'll see from activity, everything is still selling quickly as they should. It's just, you have less people than before. And so right now is the easiest time that has been all year. So for you or any of your friends that have been on the fence, this has been the best time. But keep in mind, spring season is only, what, one month left? And so 
the amount of homes that you see will likely shrink as we go into the summertime, especially because a lot of people will now be traveling in the summer. Have you taken a look at, at airfare prices? It's a combination of oil demand being very high uh, or prices being very high. But quite frankly, people want to travel. I know personally I have three, four trips already planned and booked. Everybody will want to travel during the summertime. So I suspect that the summertime will have just less, a lot less homes to be available for, for, for viewing and for purchasing. So keep in mind for that spring season is still in full force. We still have a ton of new listings every week, uh, but uh, you should expect that to decrease over time. But either way, your options are, yes, you'll be paying a higher amount. The benefit is less competition. You don't have to renew your lease of paying 10 to 15% higher. That is just the, the fact across the board. Leave a comment below or leave a, leave a like if that's happening with your case. And that's something you have to decide on. I'd love to understand what's going on in, in, in your world and also what's going on from what you see. But for me and my clients and from what I can easily lease homes for, uh, that is definitely happening. Because a lot of people have moved back, but also people have given up. So they're now they're re-renting again. That's how the cycle works. So here you have the conflicting one, right? Higher mortgage rate yet to cool Bay Area housing market. High earning buyers, investors with cash, prop up prices despite 5% mortgage rate. So very interesting thing here too, right? This is a, a, a kind of a conflicting article. Uh, I don't disagree. I don't, I, like, as I mentioned, it just depends on your perspective of what was their article really about. Is it cooler than it was a few months ago? The answer is absolutely yes. Does it mean it's declining? TBD, but not likely. But a slower growth rate is also just a lot easier for people to mentally absorb and understand. So you will, there will be less offers per house. But that, like I said before, it's all about what the expectation and the understanding of what is an average amount. An average amount is for single family in Bay Area, historically 7 to 8% a year, even though this year has been a lot more than that. So we have the article by Mr. Elon Musk, or not the article by them, but the announcement, right? Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Now, don't panic yet. If you're at Twitter, don't sell everything just yet. Uh, because the, the fact is there's still hurdles that he needs to overcome, but it is progressing that way. The question is, will he, like other things, move things over to Texas? Well, it depends. Twitter actually had always had a very flexible workforce coming out of COVID. Like the, the, the space that they had in Market Street wasn't uh, fully occupied. They, I think they actually even leased a lot less. And it's a very interesting effect that it had actually happened in in san francisco because at mid-market this area was historically not necessarily the greatest and when twitter came there many many years ago it was that uh opportunity to be able to grow like that the industry there however fast forward as we went through covid that's not like that's not the case anymore twitter has been removing their leases uh they have been already giving up with a lot of their lease space and at the same time, a lot of other companies have done the same. So, so moving the headquarters wouldn't make much of a difference. People were already remote. They're probably still in or out of the Bay Area. Uh, it wouldn't make much of a difference outside of a political aspect, like another company has left, you know, there. But a lot of their operations and, and people, I'm sure, were not even in at that location or they were remote to begin with. So moving it to Texas or moving it somewhere else could be from a tax perspective, but also material-wise, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference because they were never that, no more, they were not that big. 
if you look at their employee count, number two, they were already uh, remote working, and that was their stance for for a while. So a lot of a lot of articles I'm sure will be about this, but not I'm sure not too many uh, not too many material things will happen from there. So let's take a look at this. Downtown San Jose Caltrain Towers will be Google Village Gateway. New plans. Towers will create more than 1 million square feet of office and retail space next to the train station. Incredible. Google continues to build very aggressively. And how many, look at this, 1.05 million square feet of offices. Like how many employees do you think can fit into that? That is probably, I don't know, a couple thousand, at least five, 5,000 plus. I think that's a fair estimate for this size. 5,000 plus employees that will be taking, uh, taking over the office. So you're going to see a lot of these other projects. Now, whether they're going to be occupied or not is a different thing. But generally others, uh, as I mentioned, you know, time after time, as Google continues to expand there and grow there, other, other builders and other development companies and, and other projects will also take place. So it's usually a lot bigger than anticipated. And from what I have heard with some of my clients is that Google is making the move sooner than later. This has been kind of dragged out. You know, we've always heard about Google Village for a long time, but the question was, when will the actual move happen? But this is already taking place, right? Companies like Google are expanding like crazy. They continue to hire all over the place. So we do see this move probably happening, prediction-wise, as early as the end of this year or early next year of an entire division at Google will already make their move into Google Village. That's very exciting. That's the first real movement that we have seen from Google to this project that has been talked about for at least five years now. If that happens, the game is changing of the bets that people make, right? Of being wanting to be in the area. And so that's a very exciting project. This is a massive project that it has been underway for some time. And it will be good to see this. Matt, thank you for tuning in. Are we seeing any mixed use with residential embedded? This seems like a simpleton retail commercial, which is not innovative at all. Great point and great question. It really depends. Most of the space that's being developed is going to be generally some level of mixed use. But mixed use can be many things. It could be mixed use office retail. It could be mixed use office retail and housing. It could be mixed use in an area. So it's all housing. It could be housing retail on the bottom. Right. So there's a lot of combination of it. Uh, this is the Google Village project. There's a lot of apartments being constructed. We don't. And, and there's a need for, for like these nicer luxury apartments. So there's always that. There's also uh, condos that will be built for this. It's most likely going to be condos. I don't think there's going to be that many uh, townhomes uh, in the area. I think that's a lot. It doesn't make as much sense. It can't build as high. It can't build as dense. And so my guess is going to be a lot of condos will be built in that area. Um, and that's this area, right? One of the things that I'm going to actually be doing is shooting a video today on, I'm going to be doing a, a walkthrough of Menlo Park. Menlo Park has a very different aspect of how they want to redo uh uh they call it like i think willow village which is you know uh facebook is already there meta is already there they have maybe three thousand employees there but they're going to convert that into a, a building that fits seven thousand employees but they're also going to do a lot of housing projects so they're going to have like 
1,200 houses, uh, housing, not houses, but housing in that area. It could be townhomes, condos, and things like that. And uh, yeah, that's a great point. It's, it is going to be a combination of the three, without a doubt. There's going to be a lot of housing that's going to be built and developed there. It's going to make it a very interesting, as I mentioned, a gateway or a hub. So I do look forward to see that too. It's going to be, it's going to, it's, it's already changing a lot of the areas. I have some clients that have bought uh, the, a little bit older, either condos or townhouses nearby, and, and they have been very, very popular in demand. And that's their anticipation of the project coming to fruition. And quite frankly, it may be coming to fruition a lot faster than people may think because it's been in the news for a long time. People have may, may have lost track. But my prediction from my inside sources is that later this year, if not early next year, there will be divisions of Google that will move there. You can PM me and ask me what division. I already know the division. So that's uh, going to be exciting and, and, and cool to see. Next, developer moves ahead with 77-acre mixed-use development in Dublin. Hotel, commercial, 650 housing units will fill in one of the last large parcels in the East Bay suburb. So as you all know, Dublin has been very pro-building. You see a lot of construction still happening uh, that are underway. They'll take many, many years. Uh, and this is one of the last pieces to fill that up. The, the way that Dublin has done it has been good and bad from an individual perspective. The good part is you'll be able to get a brand new home. That's the positive. The downside is there's what they call is the Melarus. So a lot of these newer projects in Dublin have this thing called Melarus, which is an extra property tax that basically lasts 20 to 30 years to fund the roads, the schools, and the different things like that. So it's all your perspective of how do you view their use of taxpayer money. The amount is not little. They're usually about half a percent of the value of the property a year. So if you're buying a million dollar house, that's 5,000 extra a year for that for property tax. Uh, if you're buying 2 million, that's 10,000 a year, right? Uh, and of course, I will continue to increase just like Prop 13. So increase by 2% max a year. So that will continue to increase and be, be a material factor. So, but at the same time, you have better projects, you have the money that funds it. Uh, it's a new community. So you have all these other perks and the benefits of people living and want to be in Dublin. So very interesting, very exciting, right? So uh, this will be a pretty big community that's going to be added. Uh, lots of housing, lots of condos, uh, lots of retail. Uh, this is a, a great project and it's always fun to see. Last thing as we wrap up of the news, at least, Yahoo is already putting its San Jose campus up for sublease, even though its lease just started in December. So... Uh, Number one, I have clients that, that are on Yahoo. To be fair, I don't know how many people still work at Yahoo, uh, but they have, as you can see, 657,000 square feet a compound. That's probably equivalent. If you do the math, my guess is probably uh, I don't know, three, 4,000 people that were especially, uh, that were particularly going to be in that location. But this is now uh, up for sublease. The sublease market, I'm sure, is not that good. And, but for them to do that just shows like they're really going to be a remote, uh, much more of a focus of that remote uh, work, at least for Yahoo. Um, there aren't obviously as the same kind of player as they were before, uh, but it's uh, it's always interesting to see these kinds of updates. Uh, the Optimist, always appreciate your support. means a lot for you to tune in. And of course, everyone else watching, hit that like button right now. It doesn't take you that much time. If you haven't, subscribe. 
we have about 15% of the people that watch this consistently are subscribers. So, which means 85% of you just tune in and see this. Don't subscribe. Subscribe so that you can share a little bit of love back to me. All right, let's go over the next. Let's talk about the data itself. San Mateo County, new listings, 197 new listings in San Mateo County, 146 contingent pending uh, at the moment. Uh, so as you can see, it's a pretty high volume of homes. Still is consistent. Like last week was a pretty big week. Um, and then, and But in general, it's a pretty high amount. You can see the property prices and where they've been, right? Now, keep in mind, April figures are from March because they close in April, but from the date of March, March was a very hot time still. As we progress, my bet, as in, in terms of May, is that this will be more flattened. But you can see it's been an incredible uh, increase over the last couple of months. So that's something to be mindful of. Condos and townhomes have also done well. So they've also increased. Uh, they've also increased too. Santa Clara, 594 new listings. That is the most amount of new listings that we have seen for a long, long time. Uh, as you can see, significantly higher. And we're kind of going through the peak spring season. So we have a lot of people that are wanting to make a move. Uh, you can take a look at the prices. They have also had a pretty stellar increase over time. My suspicion is, as we as we brought up with, with this April, my suspicion is that as time plays out in May, that these figures are actually be a little bit more plateaued. But I still expect a minor increase, just nothing like what you see before. See why this is important? Just psychologically, you can um, psychologically you can already determine, uh, like if you understand what has sold in the last month, you have a pretty good idea what that house will likely sell for. That's the value. Don't, now, don't look up two, three months ago. That doesn't make any sense. You better factor that appreciation in big time. But if you looked at the one month ago, you're able to kind of understand the figures. Uh, look at condos and townhomes. They've continued to do well. Um, I have clients that are buying condos, and it's, it's, it is competitive. It still moves just fine. It still sells just fine. It continues to increase. So that, that activity is uh, still apparent. Next, Alameda County, 564 new listings. You can see that's a lot of new listings. Even the last two weeks is considered a quite a bit of new listings relative to all the times in the past. So we are in peak time. Most amount of homes that you will see all year round is right now. Take a look at prices. They have also, just as I mentioned, increased significantly throughout the months. We're talking about, I think this is about 1.2, 1.5, 30, 300, 20-something percent increase in the in the last few months. So other than stellar well, but at least as I mentioned, the benefit with higher interest rates now is at least it'll be more plateaued and more predictable. So be mindful of. Condos and townhomes, they've also increased. And that's the thing, as you can see, what happens when people give up on their initial search of single family? They have two options. They either buy something smaller, like a condo or a townhome, or they may transition into a, a rental. So that's a lot of a big buyer pool that now comes into rental. They had, they always had the ability to buy homes. I want you all to be aware of that. There was always the ability to still buy a home. It's a mental block in their mind that they can't or don't want to buy a home. There's no affordability issue. It's whether they want to do it or not. And that's a very big difference. Because think about this. An, a 1% increase in interest rates is equivalent to about an 8% purchasing power. So if you increase 1.5%, that's let's say 15%, 20%, 16 17% purchasing power, that's different. Does that mean that all of a sudden your $2 million house, you can't buy that house anymore? Like you can't buy a house, period? No. 
Like just do that basic math. That's still a $1.8 million home, $1.7 million home, right? Now the question is, are they willing to make that change or are they willing to pay the higher amount? They may have still been able to still pay for it, to be fair, because most people in the Bay Area are not buying up to their loan limit. So that's just something to be mindful of. It's just a mental block that people have. Those that uh, that just don't want to do it, it's your decision, it's your choice, but it's not like they don't have the ability to do it. It's a pure mental aspect. So let's wrap things up with San Francisco. San Francisco, as you can see, has already plateaued. Um, April figures have already been lower than March, right? Very different than every other market. But condos, on the other hand, have done very well, right? So condos have done very well. A lot of people have been moving back. And this goes back to the people that are coming back to the area, uh, whether it's for work or and or just because of the lifestyle. Everything is wide open these days. And so this is a big factor of why you see even condo prices doing very well. Well, that's about it for now. Uh, of course, if there's any questions, feel free to leave it in the comments below. I'm happy to answer it for you. Of course, you can text or call me at any time, 408-547-4590. I've got a lot of great people that reached out to me and we're actively looking. So if you're not finding success, you're not happy with this, with your the current process, or you're getting started, it's never too early to have this conversation to get this going. One last question from, from Matt. Price per square feet change. I don't think that's a good number, uh, and I don't usually use it as a good number, and here's why. The price per square foot varies drastically when it comes to areas, when it comes to the size of the home. Uh, that's important if, if you're looking at specific micro ones, but then you have to really factor in all those other variables. So, for example, uh, every area, every neighborhood have its band of prices. Let's say you're in mid parts of Sunnyvale. You can go on the very low end of like 1.7 million. You can go on the higher end, 2.53 million. Now, what's the difference of a 2.53 million versus that $1.7 million home? The $1.7 million home is a lot smaller, right? It's a lot smaller. Uh, it's a lot smaller altogether. And uh, and versus a bigger home, uh, it's just naturally bigger. And the, so the price per square foot varies differently. So it actually isn't, uh, it isn't something that's useful at all. And related to appraisal comps, that's actually completely inaccurate. And I was just going to object to that completely. You know, I bought 30 something homes this year. There's no issues of appraising. The appraiser will look at other similar size homes and then they can use a price per square foot for that. Very big difference of just a blanket price per square foot. They absolutely do not do that at all. That's not how the math calculates. They'll look at similar homes because if it's a similar size in the price per square foot matter because you're talking about similar sizes. But you're not gonna be like, oh, price per square foot of a 2000 square foot, even though this is a 1200 square feet home. It doesn't make sense for me to use that price per square foot and factor it and just do that math backwards. That's the idea of, of, of how of how they actually value it. They look at more comparable ones and then they determine uh, a fair price of it based off of other things. But generally, that's a benefit right now, too. With a slower market, slower, it's appraising a lot easier because now your more recent comps are going to be a factor versus in the past, as you can see, very evidently, you had to pay five to ten percent above where they would have sold for if it was flat, and so as you can see, everything is a lot easier. And that's why this is my favorite market relative to the beginning. It was tough. It was very difficult. It to be very aggressive, and you had to have a lot more money in reserve just in case of appraisal gaps. But now, not as much anymore. So a lot of things are easier. A lot of things are better. And so there's always pros and cons of every market. And uh, just because it's lower rates doesn't always mean it's a good thing. And just because it's quote unquote lower prices doesn't mean it's a good thing either because you have to pay above to be able to have a chance. 
Well, I hope you enjoy this. I'll see you at the next video. And um, of course, let me know if there's any other questions. Bye now.